0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. It's my honor to speak to you again. You know, last week we talked about transformation, and I use an illustration of, of airplanes. Uh, first, we started with, with plane paper. And when I tried to fly the plane paper, and it did okay. But when plain paper becomes airplane, man, oh, man, what a difference. The flight is incredible. And something else to think about. The plain paper had to submit and surrender to being transformed. Romans 12.2, a verse that I encourage you to memorize, and if you haven't done so, please do. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I said last week that God wants you and me to be nonconformist, but to be transformed. So you'll either be conformed or you'll be transformed. And speaking of transformation, it was Jesus who extended an invitation for people to follow him. I mean, every person, rich, poor, Religious, irreligious, spiritual, non-spiritual, people whose lives were messed up and people's whose lives, well, were so messed up, they didn't even realize how messed up they were. He calls people to follow. I love what Andy Stanley said. He said, following Jesus will make your life better and will make you better at life. As I heard that phrase, I I thought of Matthew who tells his own story in Matthew 9.9. And here's what it says. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. I mean, this is Matthew writing about Matthew. He's sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. I mean, this is a radical transformation. A tax collector was a a scammer, someone who was disgusting and hated and could not even come to the temple to worship. You see, tax collectors would bid for their positions on the open market, and the Roman government would sell those positions. They could become tax collectors, and as long as Rome got their share, the tax collector could charge anything they wanted to the common man. They they normally only hung out with other tax collectors and sinners. But yet Jesus called to Matthew and said, follow me. Now, there was a tax for everything, a a bridge crossing, a wine tax, a property tax. If you walked your, your, your cattle down the street, you had to pay a tax, you name it. And Jesus walks up to him while he's collecting taxes at the lake crossing. Oh, another tax. And Jesus could have looked at him and said, I bet your mother's proud of you, Matthew. (laughs) Or why do you treat people like this, Matthew? But Jesus was more concerned with transforming Matthew's life than he was with chastising Matthew's life. Come on, Jesus says, follow me. Jesus could have asked Matthew to do all kinds of things like prerequisites before following. Get your act together, then follow me. Stop collecting taxes and follow me. But Jesus says one thing, follow me. See, Jesus does not just call us to believe, but to follow. Now hear that again. Because sometimes people say, oh, I know what Jesus wants me to do, to have faith in the cross, to have faith in the resurrection, and just believe. And that's powerful. That will save you but he also calls us to follow him. Now, Jesus does not say to Matthew, there's all these things you need to do. But Jesus says to Matthew, and he says it to you and me, come and be a part of my team. What would it look like for you and me as we're talking about transformation if we were truly following Jesus? And so here's the question, am I following? If I'm following, that means he's leading. And if he's leading, then I'm setting up my life and the goals of my life in direct result to following Jesus. Does he have the priorities of our life, our thinking, and being transformed? So catch this lesson. You're either going through life either by design or by default. You're either going to set goals and you're going to decide what's important for your life or other people are going to decide it for you. Last week, we talked about setting goals and how setting goals is a spiritual responsibility and that having the right goals will give us focus for our energy and our efforts. Remember Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.26, I do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who's hitting something and not just just the air, not just shadow boxing. You see, goals inspire us to keep going. And Paul also said in Philippians 3.12, I keep striving towards the goal. Now, the Apostle Paul had all kinds of amazing challenges and conflicts in his life, but it was his desire to follow Jesus and to pursue the right goals that allowed him to keep running in the midst of it all. So what kind of goals does God honor? What kind of goals does God bless? You see, not every goal that you can set is a good goal. Not every goal is a goal that God's gonna honor and bless. So how do I know the kind of goal that God will honor? Well, when you get ready to set your goals, here's three questions you can ask. Number one, will it honor God? What a great question. See, if I'm really committed to following Jesus, will this goal that I'm committing to honor God? Will it honor Jesus? Will it honor the Holy Spirit? If I'm a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, then will this goal honor Jesus? Will it make much of him? So what kind of goal would would God honor? What kind of goal brings glory to God? You see, any goal that causes you to be more committed to following Jesus, any goal that causes you to trust him more, to depend on him more, to love him more, to love other people more, to serve God more, to serve others more, to be unselfish, that's the kind of goal that God honors. Paul tells the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 10:31, "When you eat or drink or do anything, always do it to honor God. Everything can be done to honor God. How? By doing it with the right motive and out of an attitude of gratitude. I don't have to do this, I get to do this." And for the right motivation, see, I want my life to bring honor to God so I'm going to be the best I can be for God's sake. That's a right motivation. Will this goal honor God? Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says we make it our goal to please him, our goal to honor him. The second thing is that we ask is love my motivation. That's the second question. You know, when you set a goal for your finances, your health, your relationships, you're serving others, is this goal motivated by love? You know, I think of all the things that could motivate us other than love. There's uh, competition, there's worry, there's fear, there's anxiety, there's insecurity, greed, manipulation. See, God's not going to bless and honor a goal that's motivated by materialism or or ego or pride or I'll show you to your neighbors. (laughs) But when you set a goal out of love, God, I want to do this because I love you and I want to love other people more. See, God's going to bless and honor that because it's all about love. Transformed living is all about learning how to love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, everything you do must be done with, come on, with love. And 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, love must be your highest goal. That should be the number one goal in your life. I want to learn to really love God and love people. I want to learn to to love unlovely people. I want to learn to love people that are nothing like me and the loveless and the unloved. I want to learn to love people who are hard to love. That's being like God. It sounds like a great filter for our goals, doesn't it? Why is it important for you to have goals that are based on love? Because if you set loveless goals, you're going to treat people as projects or as stepping stones to get where you want to go, kind of like an assembly line. You're going to run all over people to get to your goal. You're gonna run over your marriage. You're gonna run over friendships. You're gonna run over other people climbing up the ladder of success. And God says, nope, that's wrong. You've got it all wrong. You see, it's not all about accomplishments. It's about relationships. It's about learning how to love and honoring God in every decision and goal that we make. And the third thing is, Will it require a greater dependence on God? If you don't have a goal that requires faith, then it's not a pleasing to God goal. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. If your goal does not require greater faith, then your goal is too small. Proverbs sixteen nine says, we plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Wow. So what do we need going forward? Well, the first thing is, I need God's Spirit to empower me. Now, this is not something based on willpower or, you know, mind over matter. It's based on God's power working in us. It's it's not based on trying, it's based on trusting. I need God's Spirit to empower me. And if ever we needed God's Spirit, it's now. As the church is reforming and and regrouping, and restarting, we need God's spirit now more than ever. As we're still trying to navigate our way as a community, as a state, as a country, as a world, we need God's spirit now more than ever. Zechariah 4.6, you will not succeed by your own strength or your own power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, all-powerful. You see, I need God's spirit to empower me to, to make the changes that I can't make on my own, to, to transform me like, the, like, like, like these airplanes to, from what I am to what God intends for me to be. And it's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead that lives inside of us. Don't forget that. We've, we've not been called to follow Jesus without the help of Jesus. And we've not been called to honor God and serve God without the power of this Holy Spirit filling us. And the next thing is this. I need God's word to guide me. This book, the Bible, is the owner's manual for life. It's the, the lamp to our feet and the, 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 the light unto our path. The more you get this book into your mind, renewed mind, and your heart, a calm heart, your life is stronger. You see, we renew our minds by the Bible. And the more you read it and the more you study it, the more you memorize it, the more you meditate on it, the clearer you'll be about the goals that God wants you to have. The more fulfilled, the stronger you're going to be with your life. As I was putting this message together, I was thinking about Joshua And this tall order he had to lead the children of Israel. I mean, could you imagine following after Moses, that great leader, the burning bush Moses, the Moses of the the Ten Commandments coming down from the mountain? And Joshua was given a great dream of taking over the promised land. And it was a goal that was gonna take him the rest of his life. You see, God gave him that goal. And then God said these words to Joshua, Joshua. 1-8. one eight: Keep this book of the law on your lips. In, in, uh, in other words, speak about it all the time. recite it by day and by night. That means he memorized it, that you may carefully follow all that is written in it. Then, then you will have success, and you will successfully attain your watch this, your goal. So keep this book, the book of the law, in your heart. Read it, memorize it, live it, practice it, study it, that you're careful to follow it and obey it. And then you're going to have success. You'll attain your goals. But but something else happens. As you read the word of God, you begin to hear God speak to you, and you know what kind of goals to to, to, uh, to, to write down, what kind of goals to pursue. With your life I, I'm so grateful for this Bible. It's, it's not a, a self-help guide or some seminar. I mean, this is God's masterpiece written for us. It's His master class given to us. And we also need God's people to partner with us, with, with you and with me. You see, you can't reach your goals on your own. I haven't been able to reach any of the goals in my life on my own. You know, maybe small ones. But if they were monumental goals, it's kind of like the church. Long Foursquare Square Church takes a team to run it. And not just a staff that's paid, though we're grateful for each one of them, but many volunteers. And the same is true about life. You are better with others, and it takes a team to fulfill a dream. (laughs) You need other people in your life. And some of you, Well, let me kind of lean in and speak to you for a moment. You've been hanging with some of the same people, and you're wondering why you're at the same place, and you're not growing at all. But here's what I know. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And if you have people around you that are nice and kind, and, and they just pat you on the back all the time, no matter what you do, that's great. That's your cheering section. But for your team, you need people that will challenge you, that will hold you accountable, that will press you when you get out of line and encourage you when you fall down to get back up. I love what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 4.12. He says, by yourself, you're unprotected. But with a friend, you can face the worst. And a group of three is even better because a rope braided with three strands is not easily stabbed. There's a question. Who do you do life with? Who helps you set your goals? And then who holds you accountable for that which you set? So, what's God saying to you? We're going to keep talking about transformation. We're going to keep talking about being shaped and formed into the very image that God has for us to be and that we're going to follow after Jesus. But I want to ask you this question What are you hearing God say? time and time again to you. Write it down. And then each week, write a goal for your life. Write something that you're going to do differently because of what you heard even today. Let's pray. Father, we're setting ourselves on days of transformation to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we know that you're calling all of us to follow you like never before and to set goals that honor you, that show your love to others and cause us to grow for good. We know that miracles are going to happen, Lord, for whenever we set our hearts to be closer to you and to serve you more, whenever we set our hearts to to read your word more and we dedicate ourselves to your principles, you always show up and you always do miracles. So we expect you to do great things. We thank you, God, for what's already happening in the hearts of people as we turn our hearts to you. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ, for all that you've done for us. May we live for your sake. And now, why don't you pray? Why don't you pray something like this? God, God I give you permission to change whatever needs to be changed in my life. Why don't you tell them that? And Lord, I choose to see my life permanently transformed by you, the power of Jesus, the power of your Holy Spirit, and to make the rest of my life the best of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.